0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick. And for this post-trade deadline emergency
1: edition, uh, I have Aram in Toronto with me on the show. What's up, Aram? Hello, hello. Uh, You know, I I don't know how much of an emergency, but it's definitely an event, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but leading up, well, a week ago, I wouldn't have thought this much. Stuff league wide had happened. Um, mm-hmm. Everything seemed building towards it, but it's really interesting how the dominoes all kind of fell, or butterfly effect, or whatever metaphor you want to say, um, yeah. from the Kyrie trade and 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 on downwards. Right? So, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it all started with Rui Hachimura. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the, but of, uh, the first yeah, domino. But of course, uh, the Warriors had some uh, had a domino to play. In this uh, in this trade season so uh, I don't know for folks uh, who who don't know me uh, recap what happened and recap the timeline actually because it was it was kind of like flying at us pretty fast and uh, I actually had a meeting a uh, work meeting um, scheduled right at the deadline so I was refreshing the my timeline a lot and and it took some swings
0: yeah yeah I mean it was about an hour left until the trade deadline and comes in that the Warriors uh, traded James Wiseman for Sadiq Bay. And Sadiq Bay is somebody that we all had our eyes on from the beginning of the season. And it was like, okay, okay. All right. Well, you know, work them in there. And then all of a sudden it says the Warriors trade Sadiq (laughs) Bay to the Atlanta Hawks for five second rounders. And I'm not very active on Twitter, but I just had a flurry of like some inspired, uninspired, whatever. I thought they were funny tweets. You know what I mean? About flashing back to the 90s and Gary St. Jean and Dave Tordzik and all this stuff and Chris Cohan. And then after that, it was the Warriors have flipped those five second rounders to the Portland Trailblazers who had just traded for Matisse Theibel. And we traded those picks for Gary Payton second, a guy that was a free agent uh, over the summer. The Warriors decided not to uh, sign him after, or to, not to match his deal, the contract he, offer he got from the Portland Trailblazers, which was like eight, eight and a half million for two years. And instead they moved on and they picked up Dante DiVincenzo. It's been said that part of the calculus was that you know they were they had Wiseman's contract, and so they weren't going to move on from that. They were going to give him a shot, and move on from Gary Payton II. And
1: here we are, here we are, here we are. You know? So in in the end, in the end, uh, the Warriors get Gary Payton II uh, back. Um, send out the former number two pick. Um, I mean, you know, initially when it when when it was uh, oh. Sadiq Bey, and then he got rerouted for five picks. It was like, whoa, <laughs> like that doesn't seem good. Um, yeah. and then parlaying it back into somebody who's familiar, I think, I think you know, Warriors uh fandom was um seemed to be happy about that, but I don't know about you, I guess. Um, just the sequence of events from the offseason to now, um, I love Gary Payton II, all that he did for the team, I think all the things that he can possibly do for the rest of this season and next to help them. Um, It feels a little bit of a letdown, to be honest. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think everybody had been pining for what the Warriors had last year in terms of the bench bench depth and whatnot. But it's also kind of like, we just had this guy and we could have just signed him (laughs) last offseason, right? yeah this right yeah yeah meanwhile like that was all the like we needed depth this whole year and so you know i i get that sunk cost um something's not working out don't don't keep trying to do it you know move on from it i get that um and they literally need bodies when not playing so this is a rotation body that will help so for the basketball reasons, I get it. Um, for the business reasons, I get it, but I, I don't know. I something about it just feels a little bit, uh, Oh, is that, is that all there is? Yeah,
0: I was, you know, of course a little disappointed because I've been a Wiseman supporter, uh, since the 2020 offseason before the draft. And I've talked about a ton on this podcast, how, I think that kid has just had such a star crossed uh, early career and people saying he can't play all this stuff. And, uh, you know, just to quickly rehash, I mean, you don't need to hear all this. People don't need to hear it again, but it's like, you know, (laughs) barely played in college. Then there was a long break with COVID. Didn't get to work out Uh, gets COVID after he gets drafted by the Warriors and Clay is out with the Achilles. So all of a sudden there's all this pressure on James Wiseman to perform. He doesn't fit in with Steph. They don't know how to bring up uh this a uh, kind of unicorn offensively. And then uh he he busts his meniscus and then he misses a whole season. And then he comes back and then he gets hurt again and then he comes back for the summer. Looks decent. And then he comes back in preseason, looks okay, and then just can't make it work during the regular season. And honestly gets blamed for a lot of the early season mishaps and whatnot. And I think that it's unfair, you know, because I think there were a lot of obviously other things going on. And this is something that, you know, in the YouTube comments, I talk to people about, and it's something ultimately that we'll have to decide at the end of the season. But the narrative of it is like the things that went wrong at the very beginning, you know, and whether it's, you know, the punch, whether it's like not signing the right guys, over the offseason, whether it's overestimating the the lotto picks and how good they would be. Because yeah, as much as they got off of uh OPJ and Gary Payton II, second, uh, they did sign Di and Jermichael Green, who DiVincenzo has been a great fit. Jamichael Green not so much, but like they did the same thing they did the previous year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just that they had a lot of young dudes. And I said this to somebody that There was a point early in the season where the starters were struggling, and then you looked at the bench and it was like all five of the recent draft picks, you know, bunch of babies next to sitting next to Andre Godala in street clothes. And I was like, Ooh, maybe we overshot this one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it is what it is. But like like you, it's like kind of like, well, hey, you know, we could have signed the guy over the off season, and if he had been healthy then maybe this beginning of the season mishap doesn't happen but then also his abdominal surgery is something he would have done anyway yeah. so he wouldn't have been available and we wouldn't have had Dante di Vincenzo because even though you could maybe make him fit salary wise there's no way in heck that De Vincenzo's coming to the team when he's trying to make good and rehab his value when he wants Gary Payton's spot yeah and Gary Payton is is actually there but you know ultimately um I can appreciate, like you said, the business side of things and the on court stuff. And this is what the vets wanted, you know, like it's like, hey, now they get to run it back with most of the guys that they had last year, at least seven of them. And then you fill out uh eight, nine, and ten or whatever. Uh, I don't know the order of the rotation. Defense chances probably seven still, but like Uh, with Kaminga to Michael Green, and maybe you pick up a a buyout guy. And uh, I mean, I was like, I didn't expect anything to happen too much, but uh, I actually feel like the the Lakers moves and the Suns moves, which we get to specifically later, I feel like those kind of triggered something because there was a part of me that felt like maybe the Warriors thought they could just like keep as is and then improve and then get Steph back and then really just like, you know, get into the postseason and scare people. But I think these moves kind of shocked their system into actually doing something. And at the end of the day, uh, it's like you said, it's another guy that they can actually play. They're small, but (laughs) they're uh, so (laughs) small. It's going to be so much small ball, (laughs) you know, Don Nelson, he must be like smoking a big spliff being like, nice. (laughs) This is what I want to see. Uh, this is but, the way i yeah yeah, <laughs> but maybe they could find someone on the buyout market, but you know
1: yeah a, a few things that you bring up and i i i think um i think you know on twitter too is uh i, I some people were pointing to c j. McCollum pointing out that uh it was all John morant saying he was uh, i'm fine in the west that uh that uh, lit a fire under everybody and say, oh, really? Because um, <laughs> the West is stacked now, right? Like, I think you're right. Like, we'll talk about it later, but the some teams have improved. I mean, it's interesting to think about, like, you know, um, Gary Payton second coming back. Like, uh, you, part, of, part of feeling so emo about all of this is that at the end of the day, what has the team shown to instill any confidence in you? Like, obviously, we have confidence in great players they've played good games against you know good teams in marquee moments but but the consistency hasn't been there and consistency is about effort and desire and are they just tired you know what i mean like like this is coming on the heels of that portland game where they kind of kicked it away the minnesota game last week where they kicked it away and how many how many games have they had this year where they've done that Right. And so to me going into this trade deadline, I was like, there's nobody who's gonna walk, quote unquote, walk through that door and save them. Right? Like they they're not gonna save themselves if they're mm-hmm. gonna play like this. Um, and there's no evidence to show other than a few marquee games, there's no evidence to show that they can sustain that focus. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I I so I it's yeah, I'm sure the vets like this. Um, all the basketball reasons, all the money reasons, whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, like, sure, an extra body is gonna help, but I don't think it's gonna light a fire under them. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm reverting back to my uh, my natural Warriors fandom self of uh, being a, a negative Nelly, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm overall pretty discouraged. I'd have to say. I I think it's
0: a really, really fair point because if all of a sudden they start playing well, uh, is it because they weren't trying as hard? (laughs) Is it because they didn't really think they had a chance or they weren't focused? Like there's all these people, you know, saying like, Oh yeah, they were tanking. So (laughs) then it's like, get rid of Wiseman (laughs) and stuff like that. But you know at the end of the day, and I said this recently a couple times, probably that they just need to get into the tournament, and if their top top nine right now can can hold and if they can find like some emergency big or something like that the which is not easy uh then it'll be fun we'll see we'll see how it goes, you know, yeah overall it's it's a net positive because you do get a guy that you know that you can play that that yeah. has been there before. And that even though he's six three or whatever, he plays at like a big yeah. on offense in this Warriors system and something that uh wiseman could not have done in the next few months or yeah. uh maybe even in the next year.
1: They have needed help like a point of attack. They have needed that, like, you know. DiVincenzo did, you know, has done an okay job of that. And um, we know what uh you know, GP2 can do. And, you know, you and I have talked offline about like how improving the defense will improve their offense as well and like raise their level of energy. So, you know, like I can see I can see a path for this improving them um overall. So if I was to try to put a positive spin on it. <laughs> sorry to come on here and be all uh uh negative at the end of the day i think there's a ton of
0: positives uh like i said like they're a better team now than they were yesterday and like i guess for me it's just like a shame because i thought that um you know wiseman like he's not a bad player right and i think he's gonna do well in detroit and that's the right team for him they're tough and he gets playing time and whatnot so I think they'll be pleasantly surprised, but the Warriors are better. And it seems like, hey, the Warriors are showing a commitment to sticking with the core three potentially after this season, right? Because now they cleared up some space without Wiseman to maybe sign Draymond. And also, hey, people are like, oh, well, the two timeline didn't work. It worked last season. (laughs) It didn't work this season. And it's not over in a good way because you still have Kaminga, you still have PBJ and you still have Rollins and Moody for what it's worth, whatever mm-hmm. those guys can eventually become, whether it's trade bait or you cut them or, or they become, uh, players and you have Poole, who's still young too. So like, there's, it's not like the cupboard is full of dust, you know what I mean? So that's good. And I think it's important to, to keep Kaminga. Uh, another thing on Wiseman though, it's like, it's also a shame because, uh, in his rookie year, there was all this pressure. Right. And, uh, you know, he got hurt and it was tough for him, a lot of criticism. And then in the second year where he didn't even play because of the meniscus, that's when they had some support and they were like a fuller team. And, Mm -hmm. and if he had come back last season, that would have been such a softer landing for him than this one where all of a sudden, Hey, we got rid of all the, the vets, uh, here's more pressure again. You know, it's just like your rookie year. So, uh, but it, uh, it, it is what it is. And you move on.
1: I I would, I would like to, you know, pour one out a little bit for Wiseman, you know, like uh, on the one hand, um, you know, the best ability is availability and he just wasn't healthy or wasn't healthy at the right times. Like he had that stretch where he was going all right. And then he sprains his ankle and then he's out and we never saw him again. Right. And yeah. so, you know, part of it is just a lot of it is just bad luck. Um, so that's why I think like, I think people should just cool it a little bit on um, all the pressure and, and, and they hate that he seems to be a lightning rod for, um, you know, people saying he's trash and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like, there's reasons for his performance right so just like take it easy on the guy right i i i would i would personally say that like i'm i'm really interested in you know i think probably in the next few months or years or something like you know what were the what were the what's the background of this like leading up to that draft right and and um you know who who drove the decision of course you know the warriors in uh you know Real like uh, VC speak, they say, "Well, we're very collaborative," um, but you know, does does ownership really drive that and drive this pick? And what were other things that were available at that time? I'm trying not to go back to that and like replay all of that in my mind too much because at the end of the day, like all I can think about is all the time I wasted in 2020, like thinking about that draft so much time um, as we all did uh, in lockdowns, but uh, that was a lockdown draft, but um, you know, it's, it's clear it wasn't the right fit. Um, And it was clear that they weren't going to bend the system to make it work for him. You know, like, um, I I I think that is a a broader issue. Sometimes with the Kerr warriors system, is it feels inflexible, and maybe it's more flexible than we as novices are giving it credit for. Um, I I so, but I'm just I'm just interested how this is gonna gonna play out. Uh, h- how we're gonna hear about this because I think it's. It's a big deal to have a number two pick, you know, not work out. I mean, you know, I was thinking about the Kings, Sacramento Kings, and like they're famously that's probably like the 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 other recent number two pick who got picked over some generational players. I mean, Luca's way better than Lamelo or Tyrese, whatever. But um, but you know, like the Kings, they're fine now, you know. So yeah, like we can take some solace in that. So it's interesting to think about that trajectory. It, it, it's going to be okay. You and I have both long said that you have these young players. In reality, draft picks don't have that high of a success rate, any draft pick. Uh, and then also out of this collection of lottery picks, you'll really only need one to be good. And if that's Kaminga, then that's great, (laughs) you know? Um, But, but, but uh, being confronted with that reality of like, hey, these guys might be terrible uh, or not on our team uh, or never do anything good for us uh, performance-wise as a player. It's like, oh, okay, now that reality is hitting us. And so this, our kind of like uh, mantra of saying like, hey, we only need one of these guys to hit. It's, it's, uh, now it's playing out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you only need one to hit, but it'd be great if the other two end up being uh, serviceable role players. There's well, Yeah, hope like, for one. like the dream would be like, oh, you know, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, right? Like that. that's the dream. Like if one of those right. two uh, didn't hit, then they'd still, you know, Celtics would still be in good shape, but they, they're in better shape because both of them hit, right? Right, right, right. It's like, oh, like
0: uh, if Moody became like a Jaden McDaniels, uh, like at least obviously not the exact type of player, but somebody in terms of somebody who can play, you know, somebody who can actually get on the court and uh, and do things. But it's funny because when uh, they got rid of Wiseman, it was like people like, oh, five five second rounders. And then it's like, uh Gary Payton II. I mean, you and I kind of felt similarly, but there was a whole uproar of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, because there was so much sentimental yeah. attachment to yeah. him from last season, which is understandable. But, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more uh pragmatic, or maybe, you know, I just have like I wanted to see. Like you said, Wiseman was starting to play well, and the twisted ankle, the sprained ankle kept him out over a month. And then when he came back, he didn't even get on the court. And part of that was like is his courage is stubborn. Uh he didn't get a chance to I mean, if he didn't get hurt, I felt like he could have passed up to Michael Green mm-hmm. in the rotation, but it's neither here nor there. I mean, it's just uh I, I think he'll do well. I don't think <laughs> he'll be as bad as as Bagley. Although I remember on on draft night a lot of people were like, Oh man, he's gonna turn out like Bagley. <laughs> you know? Like I had some Sacramento people that I read on Twitter being like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna turn out to be uh, like that guy." But you know, we know that he was an offensive player, like Wiseman was. He was, he was drafted as that's what he excelled at. And in this Warrior system, he was never going to be a good fit as
1: long as the you know the vets were going to be who they were. So that's why I'm like, well who's I, I don't want to say it's whose fault is it, right? It's like you take a swing on somebody who has like all of these tools, right? Physical tools, and I'm sure that's what impressed them, right? It's like um but 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 if you know your system is not willing to bend to that, then then why are you picking somebody I I, I don't know. I again, you pick for the potential and the and the the upside and you I guess you try to figure it out, but this is what happens when you don't pick or you don't trade for something that is a fit. Like if you're not more, you know, sure about it, and you know, I don't wonder is it is it they did they think that their 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 core would be done would be washed by now, right, uh, right? Because it's like oh, you know, by the time he's ready, uh, these guys will be you know on their way out, and we'll have a new system you know what i mean i mean it's interesting to see you know what what were all the you know decisions and uh the whole matrix of calculations that were that went behind that pick in a time where they literally couldn't see him right like i mean that they, they were there were some real issues that year in terms of like seeing players work out um you know meeting with them i think they had one meal with him or something like that or one day with him and and mm-hmm. the others as well
0: right exactly like they didn't get to do all their homework, the usual meetings, the usual do these exercises or do do these drills and all that stuff. And again, it's like, if you go back to that draft day, it's Clay tore his Achilles <laughs> that morning. Uh, Poole was not who he was, who he is now, I mean. And we don't know really much about, or they didn't know much about what direction they were going in. Anthony Edwards was taken already, so mm-hmm. you know, and it was pretty clear that the Warriors did not really want lamella ball. Those were all the signs and um you know it it is what it is, like I think it's just a a bummer like if I guess for me, it's just like, oh, you know i I never really felt like the kid got a shot to yeah. show how good he could be or prove to me prove me wrong that you know he really is just a um you know kind of a a one trick pony in terms of just, he can, he can score a little bit, but he can't rebound. He can't block shots. He can't do those were his, uh, his weak spots. And I felt like he was learning some of that stuff, Mm -hmm. but then it just, it just time ran out. But like, I, I still thought, and you know, I credit you with uh, pointing this out to me, like a couple months ago, it's like, I thought, and I even said this after the Portland game in the last episode yesterday that, Hey, Uh, If it's really the contract, the luxury hit, trade him in the summer when you can see how this season ends and see what direction you want to go in and then uh, maybe package him for a bigger fish. Uh, Seeing this now, it's like, that's why I say, oh, these moves by other teams might be the things that kind of triggered, accelerated the desire to, okay, like we can't just really sit if we can't get any, like, like another big fish or take any massive yeah. swings. Let's bring back the team we had last season and prove that somebody can beat us in a seven game series.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think the other thing it, it maybe doesn't, it's not proving it, but it's, uh you know, in that thought process of trading him in the off season, combining him with, either you would have if you're going to take a big swing you'd have to combine him with either Wiggins or Poole so in some ways it also reflects how they think of those uh, players and their contracts and that like oh they think those players are good and good value so um, because that was my thing is like oh if Wiseman is making 12 and either Poole or Wiggins they're making 23 25 then that adds up to like near max level. Right. But, um, on their own, you know, probably doesn't do that. Right. So, so it's interesting in that respect that it probably solidifies their, where it, it, it reveals how the team is thinking about those two players right now as long term, um, like fixtures really. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, thinking about the off season and, and also, well, if we rewind it back before, before off season, we have a lot, uh, what a third of the games left to go. There's going to be buyout market. Um, you know, you mentioned, um, uh, maybe picking up some, a depth big. So I did, uh, do some internet scouring. I knew it. And And I have a list for you. (laughs) Um, now, now these aren't just, uh, bigs, but, uh, uh, these ones are seem to be rumored to be bought out or have already been said to be or will be bought out. So uh, I'll skip over. Uh, we'll go to the bigs first. So there was Dwayne Dedman. Um, Just got released. Original together. Warrior, I think. Um, Nerlens Noel. I mean, Detroit has a ton of bigs now, and he doesn't yeah. want to be there. Um, Serge Ibaka. Because so those are the three mm-hmm. bigs that I have. Are you I interested say, in any of those? Uh,
0: if there's no one else, I would take Serge Ibaka. I haven't watched any of these guys play in a long time. I know Serge Ibaka <laughs> is old. I know. But I will take Ibaka for his shooting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Plain and simple. I will take him for that. And his, his. you know, overall, he was the best. He's had the best career. Like he's reached the highest uh, level, I think, as a player. And um, I would... I would just yeah, I
1: would take him and
0: barely play him and stuff. But yeah.
1: He has a YouTube show uh that he started when he was up here. Or, so, you know, that could be interesting. Uh, <laughs> like but they eat plus they, they eat uh, you know, uncommon things. Um right. yeah, I I I I do think it would be nice to have a, a depth big, uh because, you know, I mean Wiseman was not playing, but he was Active and like he was available to play. Like, if there was an emergency, you could play him. So, I think they need to fill that role. Um, uh, cause as we said, they've got a really small team. Uh, have a, a few other buyout candidates. I'm sure there will be more. Um, Reggie Jackson, any interest?
0: No, I don't need no. any more guards, no. man. <laughs> uh,
1: Will Barton.
0: Oh, killer instant offense, but. Again, like we're just so stacked with yeah. guards and uh you could always use more wings, but I just don't see where he slots in for playing time. Would he take time from Kaminga? Would he take time from
1: I uh Wiggins? I'm not interested. His defense is not great. It's like yeah. his yeah. Um Russell Westbrook.
0: Nope. <laughs> for every reason you can imagine. But- <laughs> NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Is Steph going to go for 30? Is Clay going to hit five threes? Is James Wiseman going to play? Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, and official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: Uh, you know, you mentioned at the top, like it it, it, it was a kind of a crazy trade season. Um, yeah. What are some of your thoughts on, on,
0: let me ask you like the, uh, So basically, like, it's just crazy to me that the Nets were in fourth place in the East and all of a sudden, like, their two best players, like, trade me (laughs) and think about the Nets. But I say, I said, hey, Warriors fans, at least we're not the Nets. Far from it. So, you know, that trade, like, and just moving the – looking at the Phoenix trade, the Dallas trade and the, um, you know, Lakers slash Wolves slash Jazz trade – How does this change the West for you? Cause I talked about this on the last episode just because it was so instantaneous, but after having some time to think about it, uh, what, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I think the sun's one is going to be super interesting to see how quickly it can come together, right? Like, obviously you have some, some really top end players, um, MVP level players. Um, but do they have enough depth that's going to get them through like, they they basically traded their top 3 wings, right? Um and their top defenders. I mean, Jay Crowder wasn't playing anyway, but this is uh you're going to see a lot of Damian Lee, uh, a lot more, um, which uh Warriors fans uh and a certain segment of Warriors fans is uh um, uh known to known to complain about him. Not me. Um but <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to see Torrey Craig like are those the guys that are going to help you beat Luca and Kawhi and you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to hold up to be honest. I'm
0: waiting for them to sign uh, Alfonso McKinney and uh, Quinn Cook man because this is uh, the closest thing I've seen to the 2019 Warriors Uh uh since the 2019 warriors in terms of just being really top heavy except yeah. that they're old and i don't know yeah. if chris paul is going to make it through a deep playoff run and then booker's coming off injury i don't know when kd comes back but if they're healthy I, it, there's there's a lot of big question marks yeah. with that they do have a third of the season uh well technically no because they're not all going to be back yet
1: yeah,
0: yeah. uh But on paper, it's a it's a swing, you know, so I'm not too sure in a seven game series, hypothetically, pitting the Warriors versus the Suns like that. And I'm sure the Suns will probably add some guys on the fringes and buy out Mm -hmm. who knows, because they could probably promise some minutes to some buyout guys because they're so shallow on the bench. But, you know, I don't. Necessarily think like, oh, it's a done deal. I mean, I think if the Warriors play well, if they play inspired, like they can can get up for games like we we've seen them against the Grizzlies, the Cavs, the Celtics, and stuff. Then, oh yeah, like let's 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 go for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of how I I feel, and it's it's bolstered by the fact that you have another guy you could play in <laughs> Gary Payton yeah. as opposed to James Wiseman and
1: and uh, the rest of the Young guys just sitting over there. So in warm ups, yeah. I I, you know, I mean, we're focusing more on the West, but I'm surprised that uh I mean the Nets have a million wings now. And I was surprised that none of them got rerouted, I guess, other than Jay Crowder. So that was a little bit surprising to me. Um I mean not that they would have gone back to Phoenix or anything like that, but um I think the Lakers did really well to the point it made me really mad. Um, (laughs) I couldn't believe what they got. It's like, really the value of like that one pick and this expire this big expiring contract, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, You know, I think reading some of the, the analyses of, of that trade, you know, a lot of people think it's a wash, but, um, but it's kind of similar to the warriors. Like now they actually have some, some actual rotation players, not replacement level players. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think they're you're going to see an upswing in them. Um, I think Minnesota that was an interesting move to get Conley it will stabilize them. I think he's still has a lot to offer. Um, so I, I do think I do think the West got tougher. Um, and I think if I, I'm wondering so. I don't know if you ever watch, um, like track or like road races or something. There's always like a, there's like a, there's like a pace that's always kind of generally set or agreed mm-hmm. upon, right? And then, and then at a certain point, um, yeah, yeah. people start booking it and and pulling away, and and I think I wonder how much uh, people are going to start. How many teams are going to really start pushing uh, at this point? I mean, clearly, all these teams that made moves are gonna
0: start pushing. You know, I think that Lakers trade, like <laughs> when it was first announced, I was like, "Wow, oh, that, that trade's good for all those teams." I hate it. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, uh,
1: <laughs> I want to laugh uh, at you know. somebody, <laughs>
0: and, and uh, it it does whatever the the um, the Jazz wanted. I'm stunned that Ainge couldn't try to pull that second draft pick from. Mm -hmm. the the Lakers. Uh, And, you know, I've, I've read people say like uh, the Lakers, you know, you're not so sure with D'Angelo Russell, but I mean, to me, I mean, we, we watched him play for maybe half a season or something, or maybe a little bit more than that. And the kid can shoot. He -hmm. doesn't have to play point guard. He has to play defense, but they've had worse defenders on their team. And if LeBron is playing point, you surround that guy with shooters and he can shoot. Uh, Vanderbilt can shoot. Beasley, Beasley can shoot, yeah, can shoot. Yeah. and so like they're instantly better. And I think if they're healthy, if they're healthy, uh, I've been told Anthony Davis doesn't look that great right now. But if they can tighten up and and uh, you know move up the the West a little bit, then I don't honestly, I don't really count out LeBron James. I don't think anyone should mm-hmm. if he gets into the tournament. Just the way you yep. shouldn't count out Steph and the Warriors if they get into the tournament uh real quick the Kyrie to dallas thing i mean it it could help them a little bit it, i i really don't know i just don't think i mean Kyrie is trying to get a new contract so he'll probably you know just try to focus on 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 court stuff but i just think they have too many flaws in general uh to really really make a a huge move but all these West teams, man. It's like, then you look at the teams that were actually at the top of the West before Denver. And then, even though they have been like stinking it up for a few weeks now, the Grizzlies, the Clippers are making a move. They got some guys too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there. I think for the Wolves, I think it's uh, a good move. It would be better for them if Conley wasn't so darn old, but. Yeah. You're not going to get anything. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, they weren't going to sign him. They didn't sign him over the offseason. And we don't think he's very good, so we agree on that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's like, wow, okay. So Minnesota gave up Andrew Wiggins, the pick that became Kaminga for, what, a 35-year-old Mike Conley? Yeah. Um, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it.
1: (laughs) It just it goes to show like how how these uh you know quote unquote assets from picks and draft picks and rookies and players in the league like it it wildly fluctuates like a few months ago Kyrie nobody would have traded for him and now you know they they got a pretty good deal for him so it's like man things change fast in the NBA so it's gonna be interesting this last uh this back end uh this home stretch Mm -hmm. so. What I want to see is I want to see the Warriors say, you know, we're sick of um, playing so inconsistently with uh, bad focus and bad energy and um, like, let's push too, right? Um, That's what I want to see. I don't care what seed they get, um, preferably not in the play-in, but um, it still remains that if they have Steph, they have Draymond, they've clay they always have a chance um but they've looked more vulnerable and more inconsistent than ever so i just want to see more consistency mhm and yeah. and then we'll we'll see what happens in the warriors yeah. invitational <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean can't warriors... call it that this year man i have no confidence in that <laughs> like i said the warriors they're in a far better
0: position than they were uh, yesterday in terms of just on court stuff and if they can get healthy I, I have faith in this team again they need to get somebody a little bit bigger or Jermichael Green needs to play this well as that emergency big off the bench down yeah. the road I like that he's tough at least and um, and uh, we'll see what happens let me ask you because Ogina and Anobi was a name that everybody was pining for I did not want to Give up Jonathan Kaminga for him, and that seems to have been a sticking point in this. Um, would you have made any kind of trade that included Kaminga for in a newbie?
1: No, I don't think so. Especially if if Wiseman was already out the door. Um, you know, when I when I was thinking about today that like that nobody was going to walk through that door and, and fix the Warriors, I was thinking like, well, is OG? Gonna be that guy? Like, no, I don't think so. I like him as a player quite a bit, but he's not gonna fix what ails them. Um, I don't know who would. So, so I don't think it makes sense to, you know, you already got rid of a guy, a young guy who was, you know, costing you a lot of money, but who still has potential. Um, and you're definitely not gonna get rid of the other guy who cost you less but has shown more, right? Who's already part of your rotation and it does is looking on the upswing and is still barely 20 right so or you know 20 and a half or whatever he is so um <laughs> if anything maybe you know if you are in the room uh in that uh meeting between Lakev and, and Myers and maybe is like okay fine we'll trade Wiseman and then Myers is like well i can get OG too like no you can't you can't trade all my you can't trade all my babies so oh um, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe that was the what that was the backroom dealings they had to they had to strike yeah like i said
0: i wouldn't have done it either obviously i'm a big Kaminga fan and i don't know like i think for his contract for his age for his ceiling and he may not be as good as og right now but i think he can be sooner than we expect. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's, that's important to, to keep him uh, around in general. I I would have been pretty like pretty bummed if, uh, (laughs) if we uh, passed him up for, for a guy who, you know, is not an all-star, you know, and and of of course the Warriors would have had to give up other things too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it is uh, what it is. One thing on uh, uh, Wiseman, I was going to say, it's like, you know, I have these memories, right? Like we all remember when he first came into the league, went coast to coast. And it was like, he's the next David Robinson. And then he went, you know, the next Giannis. And then he's five second round. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is a, a precipitous drop off. Yeah. Uh, and then he's, you know, the guy that you could have signed over the summer instead. Yeah. <laughs> so it is what it is, man. Yeah. Um, any, uh, any, any other final thoughts on this one?
1: Well, let's just see what happens from here on out. You know, just add, add, add a little bit of depth, maybe depth big and let's roll, you know, let's, let's do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said at the top, the vets, they got what they wanted and, Great. Go out there and focus. Uh, don't be so three happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't foul so much. Don't turn the ball over. Get to the free throw line. If you do those things, then you'll win a lot of games because those are the consistent things that they need to work on as a team. And uh, it'll be a shame if all of a sudden they just start doing it now because it's like, all right, we got rid of Wiseman and we have GP2 back. But uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. If this season ends in a, um, in a, in a finals victory, I will be ecstatic and I will be stunned and it'll be the, the greatest coup of the, of the season for, for these guys, you know? So, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Always. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino